Business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's, we're going to be talking about gold mining and specifically be talking to the CEO, Kovitz Lewitz, of a company or a mine called Pan African Resources. You know, anybody who's grown up in Joburg, gold mining is part of your life. If you are older than 30, 35, mine dumps were what you saw every day, almost every time you went to town, wherever you drove, they were there. Your parents would probably still about the wind and the mine dumps and the dust in Overton and Boysons. And that was what we grew up with. They have since gone and the landscape has changed. But underground, we no longer get those tremors that we used to get as kids. They've moved a little bit further away. But gold mining is part of the South African DNA. And we're now sitting 2021, many, many years after gold mining has reached its peak. And it's still alive and it's still happening. And what I'm encouraged to see is young faces, young people leading up mining. And therefore, without further ado, Kovis Lewitz, CEO of Pan-African Resources, welcome to Chai FM. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. I appreciate the opportunity. Great. An absolute pleasure. And, you know, together with you is Hector Hero, who's the Head of Investor Relations at PAR, Pan-African Resources. Kovis, maybe let's talk broadly before we start. How healthy is gold mining in South Africa as we stand right now, October 2020? Sure. Look, um, you know, I guess um, I certainly don't want to say that it's uh, in intensive care. It's a patient, you know, it's, uh, certainly as, as you pointed out in your introduction, it's nowhere uh, near it was, uh, near what it was some years ago. And, um, you know, I don't, don't think one must underestimate the importance of the, the gold mining uh, industry in terms of what it's uh, done for the South African economy over the last 100 years. It's probably been one of the primary contributors to um, to why South Africa is what it is, you know, in terms of the um, still, you know, if you look at our development versus the rest of the African continent, I think uh, uh, gold mining played quite a um, significant role. Um, and, um, you know, it's an industry that's quite cyclical because of also, I mean, we're a price taker, so we... Um, we we have no control over the commodity price number one and then number two also the exchange rate. So you know South African gold miners, most of our costs are rand denominated, uh, which means that the currency plays quite a big role. So if, if our rand weakens against the US dollar, that's favourable for our, for our profit margins. Um, yes, I mean the, the, so to get back to your question on on how healthy it is, they are, are they certainly. Um, parts of the gold mining sector that's doing quite well. And um, the recent increase in the RAND gold price has certainly assisted most uh, South African gold miners. Um, so we've seen our margins increase pretty much overnight um, as a result of COVID and all of the other economic issues in the world. Uh, but, but you know, it's also an industry that there hasn't been an awful lot of investment over the last 25 years. Uh, and that's taking its toll, uh, number one. We've seen also large cost increases in terms of the cost of labor and the cost of electricity. That's the second point. 
Um, and then our minds are, because we've been going for more than 100 years, our minds are uh, inherently more expensive, deeper, and more difficult. So those are all factors that sort of weigh on the industry. You know, that's, there's so many things that you've just mentioned in those few sentences that we could unpack uh, or could almost be someone uh, shadow writing a book and just take each one of those as a separate chapter. But uh, we've got limited time, so Curtis, let's take, jump, jump straight into it. Pan-African Resources. Who's the mine? Where are they? Obviously, they're mine gold. Mine gold. But in a in a capsule, tell us a little bit about the particular company. Fine, um, we'll do. And yeah, I mean, we can speak for a long time also about gold, and maybe we should because you know it's a fascinating commodity, and yes. um, one can't be in this industry and not be um, passionate. So you know, I'd love to speak a little bit about investing in gold also. But you know, in terms of Pan African Resources uh, PLC. Uh, so we're a UK company. Um, we registered in England and Wales, and we listed uh, in in London on the A market, and then also listed on the JSE. In terms of our shareholder base, uh, about 60 odd percent of the shareholders are South African, and then we have a very good following also internationally, principally in the in the UK. Um, uh, so you know we're quite well diversified from a shareholder perspective. Uh, there's large sort of South African shareholders include. Uh, Alan Gray, Investec, uh, Coronation, PIC, etc. So we have uh, blue chip shareholders. Um, we're quite unique, I think, in terms of our value proposition and what we do because we source gold or we mine gold from underground. Um, and then we also um, extract quite a lot of gold from tailings, uh, uh, tailings retreatment or surface remining, which has been an exceptional success for us. So, um, you know, when you look at Pan-African, you have um, production, gold production of almost 200,000 ounces of gold per annum uh, coming from two complexes, uh, or let's say two gold mining complexes. You know, the first being uh, Barberton Mines, which gives us about 100,000 ounces of gold a year. And, you know, Barberton Mines in itself uh, is fascinating, and in, in we can spend many hours uh, talking about Barberton Mines, but... Just a, a, a short history. It's one of the oldest operating gold mining complexes, if, uh, if not the oldest mining complex in the world. So we started mining in Barberton in 1886, um, and we're still going strong. We have three underground operations, Fairview, Sheba, Consort, and then we have a, um, a surface tailings uh, business called BTRP. The life of, of the Barberton asset currently is still more than 20 years. I, um, I jumped into the investment side of things. And I basically said that people can just come to your office and you can just like give you, you can just, if they give you money in the envelope, you'll give them some gold bullion in a plastic bag. Only joking, I didn't say that. Um, basically what I said is how we started discussing gold as an investment, um, type and how one can buy gold. So let's maybe start there. What is gold as an investment? How, why is it so important? Yeah. So, um, Yes, gold is uh, for me is uh, is a number of things. It's a uh, it's an insurance policy, um, and it's particularly relevant, insuring against uh, the very uncertain world. I think that you find yourself, that we find ourselves in at present, and um, you know it's also an insurance against inflation, and the devaluation of other currencies. So. Um, you know, if you look at the money printing that's happening in the world at the moment, principally in the developed uh, economies, who has, they have the luxury of actually being able to print money without it severely impacting their, 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 their rates of inflation. 
Um, you know, I think uh, a gold as a store of value is very important. Um, and, you know, that's one of the reasons why you've seen this very large uptick in the gold price. So for me, it's an insurance policy. It's a currency. It's, uh, it's something that's fungible, so you can move it uh, to many places in the world, and it's, uh, it's accepted, you know. I mean, if you take, if you look at, if you talk the sort of shapes and forms of investment, the Krugerrand um, is is well recognised anywhere in the world, whether it be in the US or in the in the East. Um, it's probably the pre still the preeminent gold coin in the world. So you know that's also something to be proud of as, as South Africans is the creation of the Krugerrand. So you know, and, and that's that really is it. Is it's insurance policy, and it, it, if you're not a forced seller of gold, it uh, it should retain its value uh, in in real terms over time. You know, um, so we can yeah. So that's the reason why one should look at buying it. Okay, practically, how, how does one buy gold? Well, I mean, there are a number of alternatives. As I said, you can buy physical uh, gold, and you know, normally in South Africa, that would take the shape uh, of a of a Kruger rand, and it's also beneficial from a VAT perspective because it's exempt. Um, but you know, then you have the issue of where do you store these Kruger rands safely? And we know how quickly um, sort of items disappear in South Africa. So you know, that's something to to, to think about. Um, if you also, if you want exposure to the physical, another alternative would be uh, to buy an ETF, so exchange traded fund. There are a number of them listed on the JSE. Um, so that sort of would be apps and new golds, etc., where you sort of buy a portion of of, of this ETF. Um, and then the third, um, well, you know, obviously there's a the number of uh, options, but another, a third that I suggest would be uh, buying gold stocks or gold equities, the gold miners, uh, which are listed on the JSE. Um, so that would be the Pan-African Resources, the Harmony, Sibanyas, and, 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 and uh, Anglo Gold, and some of the others. And can one buy a unit trust where gold is involved? Well, uh, uh, the ETF would be very similar. Um, so, you know, there you'd buy a, 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 a sort of a, a effectively a stake in um, a gold holding which is stored in a safe somewhere. Um, but, you know, obviously that gives you the exposure to the gold price, but then, you know, your, your issue that you have is that you have uh, ongoing costs which erodes the value over time. But it's not a bad option. You know, one of the reasons why we um, encourage uh, investors to look at equities and, and, and Pan-African and, uh, specifically is that, um, you know, there's a number of benefits in, in owning the producer, uh, specifically in the gold, uh, gold bull market. And, you know, one of those is that you receive dividends when you invest in Pan-African resources. So, you know, we in the past have been one of the highest yielding gold, uh, gold stocks in the world. And um, we're proposing quite an attractive GM. It's about a 3% dividend yield. Um, so you know that's so you get a dividend um, that you don't get when you invest, invest in physical. You know normally when you invest, invest in physical gold, there's a holding cost versus a dividend. Um, and then you know you you also have the benefit of um, of a company that's sort of growing its production base and growing its uh, reserves and resources over time. So you know in a way, uh, you know that means that you get a multiplier effect versus again you know physical gold that does that never unfortunately uh, multiplies. You know, and I'm just also quickly looking at your at your gold, your the the, the price of the actual share for Pan African Resources, and um, you know the last the last year or so has been very kind to you. It has, you know, and that's a product of certainly the gold price, but it's also a product of us having restructured our business and 
sort of refocused on on cheaper ounces. So, you know, one of the important things in in, in any commodity is that uh, when you're producing commodities, is that you need to be a fairly low cost producer because you know these commodities are cyclical. So, if you're one of the highest cost producers, then when the cycle turns, it makes it quite difficult for you. So that, that's you know we've purposely said let's look at um, sort of our business and uh, we've restructured our business um, to be lower cost. So what we're doing is we're targeting an all-in sustaining cost of production of of about a thousand dollars at at present. You know, and that compares very favorably with um, with the gold price, which is circa one thousand nine hundred dollars. Obviously, it's quite a nice margin. But if you look at the international cost of gold production, it's in the order of about just under a thousand dollars. So, so that compares, that puts us, makes us compare very favorably with the rest of the sector, and it means that we can survive a downturn. Uh, also, you know, if if that was to happen with a gold price. So yes, I mean, the increase in our share price certainly, you know, if you had invested in Pan African uh, two years ago, I mean, you would have done much better than what you would have done uh, investing in physical gold. Absolutely, and it's obviously it's almost like a belts and bases approach. One could look at both in order to you know take the cyclical nature of the industry into into consideration. Because one thing that I just want to ask you, just again, it always you know sort of plays in the back of my mind. One of the biggest gold producers in the world today is Australia, um, especially Western Australia, and you'll find that they are very low. Um, human resource um, dependent in the mines. It's highly mechanized. Um, it's very, very techno- technologically based. They have a huge um, negative um, factor that they're very, very remote and far, and there with the road trains run up and down. On South Africa, in South Africa, we have the reverse. We have labor that's, you know, we can almost keep mining forever to try fulfill the quota of people that are looking for jobs. But on the other hand, um, we're not as cost-effective. How does one balance labor and the responsibility to give people good jobs and run a cost-effective mining operation in South Africa? Yeah, well, it's, as you say, it's balanced. And it's important to understand, I mean, Australian ore bodies are very different to what we're mining. So, you know, these are normally um, open pitable, so you can sort of access them from surface, and that's why the mechanization makes a lot of sense. And our, our uh-huh. ore bodies are, are are a lot deeper, and um, and much higher grade, which is why um, you know it's important to uh, to have the human element. And you know we've been mining very successfully for many years, for as I say, for more than a hundred years. And I think our industry will continue, but you know we have to be more innovative in in terms of cutting costs and having a better relationship with um, with our workers and a more um, beneficial uh, longer-term relationship going forward. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a balance. And, you know, I, again, if I look at our business, you know, we have a great balance because we have underground ounces and mostly they're a little bit more expensive. But then we also have, as I said, we have the surface business, principally the Ilikulu uh, tailings retreatment plant. It was at 1.8 billion rand investment. It's technologically um, right up there. Um, you know, we had some Australians visit this plant, and they were massively impressed. They said um, for them to have done the same thing would have taken them three times as long. So I don't think we must undersell ourselves in terms of, I mean, the South Africans from a mining, certainly from an underground mining perspective, are, are some of the best miners in the world. And, um, you know, we need to 
to look at our sector and, and, and find out how we make it more sustainable um, and more long, long term. So, you know, that's what we've been doing, and that's why we have this Ilikulu plant, uh, which produces at $600 per ounce. You know, that's exceptional. That's probably the lowest cost producer of gold in Southern Africa. Um, and then we have underground mines, and um, we have a number of initiatives to make our mines uh, sort of more cost-effective and, and longer life. You know, one of the examples that I can mention is that we – uh, electricity has been a major cost for the South African sector, and obviously you know that sort of what woes we're experiencing with ESCOM. So you're going to find many of the producers uh, start generating their own power. I mean, we've actually, we're in the midst now of constructing a solar plant at, at our Evander mine, and that's going to take care of pretty much all of the daytime requirements, uh, uh, power requirements for Ilakulu, and in also doing so, reduce our costs quite nicely. So these are the sort of initiatives that we have to work at. And then we have to continue to um, to make a difference in, in the way we operate in terms of employment and other economic opportunities also, which is what we're doing. It's a very, very complex um, scenario. But what I'm encouraged when I, when I speak to you is, number one, is that, and it's not only you, it's a lot of the other CEOs in mining and gold and, and specifically in platinum, where there's just such a focus on going forward, planning for, for the future, and just understanding the environment in which you operate which is very um, fraught with unknowns and changes. The mining charter came in and that sort of threw everybody for a loop, but yet things continued and the mining continued to look forward. Um, you know, just uh, one thing that I found quite interesting, I, I read a book a while ago and it had to do with the history of Jerusalem. And what I was very, very proud of is that one of the, or two of the excavations where they needed to sink really um, complex shafts to go down and find things. Those were all done by South African gold mining engineers, simply because we had the experience, the knowledge of sinking good, safe, deep shafts. So uh, it was just uh, as an aside, it was quite interesting to see how our technology is going to to help in, in, in excavation of archaeological sites. Yeah, I mean, just to, I mean, again, you know, and I think sometimes we do ourselves a dis, uh, we do ourselves a disservice as South Africans, um, you know, in terms of also if you look at the international uh, investment uh, um, community, and uh, many people are quite hesitant to invest into South African mining, but you know, in reality, um, as you said, I mean, we have some of the best skills in the world. And, you know, if I was to compare ourselves as a country to pretty much most other gold mining jurisdictions in Africa, I'd still rather be mining gold here. You know, um, uh, uh, if you look at West Africa, then the issues with terrorism and there was just a coup in Mali, just the issues with uh, electricity. Um, you know, we still, even though we have sort of issues with ESCOM, you know, we have, uh, we're still the largest installed capacity by a long measure in Africa. You know, other countries have issues with uh, repatriating funds, difficult to get money out of the DRC, or um, you find government don't pay back your VAT. So, um, you know, it's not that we don't have challenges in this country, but in, in reality, you know, we're sort of, I don't think it's much more difficult, if any, operating here than, than what it is in the rest of Africa. Kerber, uh, just to share with you, um, um, a few years ago, I read an article by the then CEO of South African Breweries, um, Mayor Khan, and he said he was uh, listening, he was at a conference somewhere overseas, and all the CEOs were talking, and they were going about the challenges and the issues that they had, um, and I don't know if you remember Mayor Khan, he 
when in the new South Africa, he worked very closely with the, with the police force to help restructure it. But he got up at that conference and his, uh, his words were, listen to you guys complain wants to make me vomit. He says, I wish I had your issues on a daily basis. You guys have no idea what challenges in big business is. Come to, to South Africa and you'll learn a thing or two. And yet, when I talk to you, who's a younger CEO in another generation with complex challenges that I don't think um, SA Breweries had in those days, you're full of positivity, you're full of looking forward. So we're running out of time. Corbis, let me maybe just deal with one of the elephants in the room, and that's transformation. It's been a big story. We all know about, we hear daily about the unions and transformation and minimum salaries, et cetera, et cetera. How is transformation broadly in the gold mining sector, and how are you dealing with it? Well, um, yeah, you know, I think it's a misnomer that, firstly, um, you talk about minimum wages, and, you know, one of the most successful uh, participants in the uh, South African mining sector over the last uh, 20 or 30 years certainly has been the unions. And that's why, you know, mine workers are, are certainly um, – relatively speaking, very well paid um, versus the rest of, of the sector. Um, you know, so that's something that I think that there might be this perception that, you know, mine workers are, are um, sort of are underpaid. And, you know, our view is certainly it's not the case. Uh, mine workers are well paid. Uh, a big focus certainly in, in the last 10 years has been safety. And, I mean, I think we can be very proud of the strides we've made as an industry and that really has been a product of, you know, the business plus uh, the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy and also our unions and our people coming together and saying we need to make this industry a lot safer. So we're certainly not where we need to be, but uh, the strides have been massive, I have to say. So, you know, that's positive. And then, you know, in terms of new entrants and having more people uh, and more being more inclusive, that's a, that's a major focus for us. Um, so, you know, if you look at our operations, we have uh, three general managers and two of our three general managers are historically disadvantaged South Africans. And it's been great to see the development of, of all of our people, I have to say, over the last years. Um, Kobus, we unfortunately really running out of time. I certainly want to have Kobus back. Um, and I think I'd like to maybe get Kobus actually in studio and we can flesh out a full show. Gold mining is is the backbone of the South African economy for so many years. It's lost its luster, but the bottom line is it's still a massive employer of people. It is a technology. Um, the technology employed in mining is something that the rest of the country can learn from and can glean from. And when you speak to a young CEO like Kerbis Lurz, just to let you know, Kerbis is 42 years old, very young for a CEO in the mining industry, um, you can tell by his name that he is somebody who is really of quality because otherwise he wouldn't be in that position. And just speaking to him, the constant positivity, the going forward, not being um, sidetracked or hamstrung by the, the constant um, noise pollution that goes on, but yet speaking positively about the unions, speaking up positively about the Department of Minerals and Energy, etc., etc., I just think it's absolutely wonderful. I see Kobus wants to re-enter, but we're running out of Zoom time. So, again, my apologies to everybody that we've had to chop and change. We will redo this interview. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will speak to you next week.